Welcome to Other Than Sports. Each episode features a unique guest who shares lessons learned through sport, their career path, where they are now, and what they're excited about for the future. You'll hear perspectives and examples that inspire and show that regardless of where you are on your own journey, you're not alone. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Tonight, we will be interviewing one of our own, uh, David Toops. You guys were introduced to David in the first episode, but for those who uh, were not available to join us on that first episode, David is a former Yale baseball player and captain, graduated in 2015 with a bachelor's degree in economics. Uh, David spent the last seven years at PepsiCo, currently working on their e-commerce team. Uh, He resides in Dallas, Texas, originally from Houston, Texas. Uh, after he spent a, a short stint uh, in New York, two of those years uh, with myself uh, as his roommate. So looking forward to, to getting to know David uh, even more than I know him, but more so to introduce uh, him to you all so that you guys can uh, get to know him and hopefully spark some conversation and questions uh, amongst yourselves afterwards. So with that, David, welcome. Hey, I appreciate it. And that's a uh, a nice intro, Joseph. Um, short stint might be a little, uh, uh, underselling it. I got, I got, I got my five years in New York, but, uh, you know, the, the first two were definitely highlights being your roommate, but yeah, currently reside in Dallas, Texas, trying to stay as uh, cool as possible here. It's, oh, it's touching triple digits every day, but, uh, excited to be here. And, and uh, I know we're going to have a great conversation. No, thanks David. I, you know, I'll kick it off. I think with the first question, a question I, I've been wondering, honestly, uh, since we've known each other, we really haven't broached the topic, but you've been at PepsiCo for seven years, but you did have a short stint at uh, a company, uh, by the name of AXA, um, an interesting experience nonetheless, but, uh, yeah, I'll I'll let you dive in and talk a little bit more about and really how that affected your early goings in your career and, uh, what you took away from that and how you use that to kind of mold your experience at Pepsi. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, appreciate that tee up. You know, as you mentioned, PepsiCo wasn't my first destination. Graduated in 2015, economics, and we touched upon it a little bit in the first episode. But really, uh, you know, when you're graduating, you have a sense of what you're going to do, but you typically get steered into specific career paths. And at the time, for me, it was I'm going to go try this New York finance thing out. So graduated in May, went back, spent the summer in Houston. At the time I I had offered uh, a a job with AXA Advisors, a French wealth management company or the wealth management arm of their U.S. business. So I was sponsored to get my Series 7 and Series 66, which uh, was, was a lot of fun spending the summer studying for those. Moved up to New York, call it August of 2015, and started work. Uh, work at the time consisted of, you know, cold calling for business. It was, you know, when you're a wealth wealth management, um, when you're in wealth management, and you're a, you're an advisor, you're really trying to build a book of business. So every day was, uh, call it hitting the pavement with the phones, right, and and working your way through New York, and. It was a great experience at the time, looking back on it, you know, when I was going through it, it was a little difficult, but it, you know, it was first exposure to really sales, right? How are you going to get someone in? How are you going to get some, someone hooked? And, and where do you go from that? 
Now, all that said, I did it for, uh, call it three or four months, realized that when you look ahead and you look at the people above you, right, typically you're in it for 10 to 15 years. And I was fresh out of school, didn't really know what I wanted to do and was kind of steered into that path, but realized, hey, I kind of want to know how a business runs, how a business operates. What, what does this look like in the real world? And it just wasn't doing doing it for me. And a great opportunity came up at PepsiCo that uh, that Joe actually, you know, played a part in kind of guiding me uh, into that organization. So it was uh, it was a great transition, and I've been there ever since. So it kind of speaks volumes for for how how I've made the transition to PepsiCo. <laughs> Uh, Tubes, Chris here. I had a few questions on that. So one is, uh, you mentioned that you're studying for your series. What what were they? Seven and sixty six. So seven is the securities exam, and sixty six was more on the insurance side. And is that a requirement for like anything in wealth management, or specific to AXA because they're in insurance too? Uh, it is. I think it's specific to everywhere, or okay. it's a requirement okay. to be a licensed. So I, I, for two years before the exams lapsed, I was a licensed uh, wealth advisor. So I could sell you securities. I could sell you insurance, uh, take control of your complete finances. Got it. Uh, and why, why'd you decide to go into wealth management first? I know it's a typical, one of the typical paths coming out of the Ivy League, but what kind of turned you on to that originally? Yeah, at the time, I mean, going through senior year, you didn't know much else, right? It was people who were coming to campus or people that you were being introduced to. And those career paths at the time were investment banking, consulting, and and products of the two. And wealth management is kind of an arm of what we'll call finance or the majority of it, investment banking. You know, I was an economics major and followed the stock market. was was interested throughout my four years, kind of as I as I grew up and learned more about it. Was participating in the stock market at the time, held a separate investment account, and was like, you know, I really enjoy this personally. Is there a path in the professional world for this where I can apply some of this enthusiasm and excitement? Now it just takes on a, a much greater role when you when you act as a as a wealth advisor and you start folding on the the insurance components and it's you know not just all looking at the stock market every day but that was a little bit of how I got into it or what led me to it and doesn't mean I'm still I, I'm very very interested very involved very active in the stock market just not in a in a professional capacity. Yeah, I think the. I find interesting about that start for you, David, is I actually think it's the almost perfect job for you. It just necessarily wasn't the best timing because now I'm not saying, you know, your Pepsi experience obviously is great and you've done a very good job there. I just know, knowing you very personally, I think sales is a great place for you. I, I just, you know, I, and I think, you know, all of us to a degree, but I don't know, great relationship building, you know, skill set, I would say, you know, whether it's personal or professional. So 
I, I've always just found that. And that's why I kind of was the first question. Cause I kind of look back and I'm, I always try to think, you know, what happens if he stayed there? Like, where would he be? And I think he would be very successful in it just because again, knowing who you are, but um, switching gears uh, real quick, more to Pepsi. And again, a question um, I, I would like to ask you just cause again, we've gone different career paths, but uh, you know, I've worked for global banks, but I've never worked on in quote unquote corporate America and in particular, Pepsi, I mean, that's, you know, as American as apple pie is Pepsi. So I'm kind of curious, you know, working for a company like that, is there a sense of pride or just a level of coolness that when you walk into a store and you see your product on the shelf and you really had a, you know, a pretty direct role in getting that product to people, um, yeah, go ahead. I, I've always found it. And my brother, in, in full disclosure, my brother has worked uh, at Pepsi as well for nine years and worked closely with David for a time. So uh, Pepsi runs through the family, uh, both friends and through blood. But again, curious, I'll turn it over to you, David. Yeah, no, a lot to unpack there. I think there'll probably be threads in, in the previous conversation as well, previous question. But yeah, it, it has been a great place to be for seven years. I think high level uh, for the folks listening. So been at PepsiCo seven years. I've had five, I want to say five different functions, five different roles within my seven years. So it's been a, a place of tremendous growth and opportunity. You know, you think about, so you say Pepsi, I'll say PepsiCo. Right. It's it's not just Pepsi beverages, which we know is Pepsi trademark, Gatorade, you know, Aquafina, Starbucks, Rockstar, uh, the works. It is Frito Lay and every brand that that is associated there. It's Quaker Oats. It was uh for a long time until until we sold parts of it last year, Tropicana. So it's it's a huge portfolio with you know twenty-two billion dollar brands, I think is the latest one. It might be more. Um, so they are, you know, brands that are enjoyed by quite a few people on a daily basis. That said, it makes it, I, I would say it makes it a lot uh, it's nuanced, but it's easier to a degree, right? With that sure. brand recognition, but brings its own set of challenges as well. It is operating a major corporation. You're not necessarily building the boats, but you're steering the ship. Uh, which is how I like to describe it. And, you know, that, that means how, how do you protect your market leadership where you are a market leader and, and how do you challenge those who are, who are ahead of you? Budgets are a lot bigger. Tactics are a lot more different, but, you know, I, I started in finance. So I did finance for three and a half years, split across Pepsi beverages in our e-commerce business, joined e-commerce in 2017 when we were still more of a uh, ragtag organization, 40, 50 people. We were really trying to build something that was going to be strategically important to the organization. Uh, they just didn't know it at the time. So uh, we ran into a lot of barriers of, you know, what's the commercial impact to this year or why do we need to care about this? And that was exciting. That was really exciting for me because it was like working within a startup, working at a startup within a major corporation. But you know, to your last question, Joe, and, and to your last comment, I actually then pivoted into sales, right? I recognized, hey, finance has been fun, but there's a lot more opportunities here and, and a lot more things that I could take advantage of. 
and just see, be exposed to. So I, I pivoted into sales, did, did a year, a little over a year of sales, true sales and customer management. Uh, spent two years after that in what we call sales strategy. So a little bit higher level across channels and many more customers. And then I've spent the last six, seven months on our Walmart business. So kind of back to a, back to a more specific customer focus. But PepsiCo is, you know, again, it's, it's a household name. It's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to work at. But again, it's uh, navigating, a, navigating a major corporation is a little different. And, and so I, I've, I've valued my time there because I've had the startup-y feel of building an e-commerce business and also the major corporation feel of, you know, growing, growing our business year over year and uh, delivering for shareholders. So, so obviously you were a really great college baseball player and very competitive Um in that like more startup-y feel or like um, building out the e-commerce function, do you feel like, did it, did it pull on the competitive juices? Did it feel similar to, you know, your sports career or was it a completely different type feel and vibe? Definitely. Well, so first of all, I appreciate you saying I was a great college athlete. Um, I said college baseball player. Not college <laughs> baseball player. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was, it was more specific to, to the game of baseball. So great that I, uh, you know, career ended senior year, <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I, um, uh, definitely a lot of the same attributes. So when I think about, look back on the early days of what we were trying to do, it was moving as fast as we can. It was <sighs> growth at all costs is the wrong way to say it, but it was break glass. It was cause tension internally it was trying to change the way that the business was run and become top of mind for a lot of these key stakeholders and that that brought a lot of excitement and i would relate it to you know you're a freshman and you're trying to make a name for yourself with within the team right you're trying to build positive buzz positive reputation you're going to go bust your ass and work as hard as you can you're going to be there for every lift early. You're going to be early to practice, setting up the field. You're going to be really just showing everybody and yourself, like what got me here is not going to take me to the next level. And I've, I've got to elevate it a little bit. And so I think, especially within e-commerce, what, what we had done for many years was going to continue and we were going to be fine but we wanted to be that agent of change within the organization that was going to elevate us from fine to, hey, we're going to be a leader in this space. We are going to have this dedicated e-com team, really first of its kind in the CPG space, that we might not necessarily see the payout over the next year or two. But now when we look back on it five years later, it is this huge organization that's really driving change um, for the rest of rest of PepsiCo. So uh, some definitely some common threads there. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's no, it's great. Yeah, I, I think in particular, yeah, I, I mean, that's what this is about and trying to bridge that gap between athletic career and, and professional career. So I kind of want to take it a step back in regard to that and 
kind of the beginnings, if you would say, you know, you're a senior in high school, you're going to, to Yale University um, from Texas, you know, likely not a unique story to say fish out of water in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, I, I think we probably all were to some degree. I think everyone that goes to Yale University probably is just given the breadth of diversity at that school and who you're meeting for the first time all across the globe, really. Um, and everybody's coming with a, a variety of different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, intellectual capabilities, pursuits, interests, what have you. Um, but as an athlete, within the first week, especially, you know, I think on the baseball side, where our focus is across fall, winter, spring, summer seasons, there's not a lot of time to kind of take a step back, try to understand the gravity of the situation that you are now in and make a decision at 18 years old that is going to have repercussions again for the, the rest of your life. And we went down as similar as a path as you can at Yale University. Uh, small tidbit, me and David took every single class together outside of Spanish. Almost every, almost Spanish, every. Spanish, Italian, and maybe one or two other classes. Um, so <laughs> Chris shaking his head. Uh, so yeah, I mean, again, we had a very similar path. And I, I, again, I, I'm sure, you know, we'll come to me at a later episode, but I'd like to hear your, how you feel about that experience. And uh, the good and the bad. I think there, again, I, I can talk about it again later, but I, I, there's definitely good and bad, at least from my perspective, but would love to hear yours. Yeah. No, I think for those listening, we'll take a few different paths. One, you know, choosing where I went to school, going to Yale and whether it's Yale or somewhere else, whoever's, you know, playing, playing ball, swimming, running, you know, that changed the trajectory of my life. Right. It was a decision at the time that, you know, you, you make, you don't truly understand all the repercussions, as you say, but looking back, right, it definitely changed the trajectory of my life. One, it allowed me to keep playing ball for another four years, right? I wouldn't have met, met y'all. I wouldn't have, you know, built this new family and, and really close, close knit group had I not decided to go play baseball at Yale. I think too. It brought me out of Texas, which, you know, there's a pretty traditional path. A lot of people go to Texas. A lot of people go to A&M, uh, U of H, Baylor, TCU, like all of the Texas schools. And it was, it was a path that was not really frequently taken to just kind of pick up, call it move across the country or move way Northeast. And so there was, there was a culture shock. There was a weather shock for me for sure. But looking back on that, that is one of the biggest positive that I took from the experience. So, you know, for those who might be in school and, you know, homesick, uncomfortable with what they're doing, it's, you know, I think you'll look back on the experience and really value it. And because of that, because I made that decision, because I went through those growing pains, it also made picking up and moving to New York a hell of a lot easier, right? Yeah. It was, it was proof to myself that I could go do something completely different than what I had done my whole life, right? I was on my own. I was fitting for myself, pretty self-sufficient, um, working hard in class, working hard on the field, you know, getting, 
getting the ass kicked a few times in both, right? It was, it was a challenge, but because I went through that and proved to myself that I could do it, it made everything after that easier, right? It's going back to PepsiCo. They like to move you every 18, 18 to 24 months, which is why I've been in five different functions. It translates to the professional sense because, Hey, if, if I'm going to a new team or a new function from finance to sales, sales, to strategy, whatever, I know that I've made these changes in my life previously. And it just, it, it builds up that tissue where, where it makes it a lot, a lot easier. So for me, I think I'm touching a lot on the good of it. Uh, maybe a weaving, weaving in some of the bad, but I think overall it was, it was such a positive experience for me personally, uh, which I've taken lessons professionally. Yeah. So I, I'd I'd love to get into the like adversity piece a little bit. So you have like, if you look at your timeline, you have significant change, right? You go Texas to New Haven and you go probably within that like star athlete to earn a spot back to like starting lineup person, then graduate and prove yourself in your career. So like at those different points, like going from high school to college and then college of like, maybe not in the lineup to like in the lineup uh, and then like graduating to career. Like what are some of those like big adversity moments that you remember and who did, who did you lean on and how did you overcome those adversity moments? Great question. I think for me, a lot of it boiled down to, I'll say confidence and you could you could also say self-belief thinking about all of those monumental occasions right moving from texas to new haven uh, i was going from a from an environment that was very comfortable to something brand new was i confident that i was going to adjust was i confident that i was going to make new friends was i confident that i was going to enjoy my baseball experience those were all huge question marks when I made that decision. So, you know, going in, you're always kind of asking those questions. But after that first hurdle, then it became, hey, I went from a place where I was a known commodity. I was a starter in the lineup. Well, did I have that confidence in myself that I could elevate my game, that I could forge relationships with my teammates that I could, you know, push myself to earn a spot. Then you make that hurdle. Right. And I think it, it it's always a, a big threat of it is, is confidence. And what I've taken is you go through a lot of those time periods, at least me personally, without that deep rooted confidence. But every time you go through it, again, it builds up a little bit more and a little bit more. So that was, you know, also something super powerful in sports, right? You learn how to fail, right? You, you become who you are through failure and you're constantly taught like, all right, sure. You went over three, you struck out, but what did you learn? Right. Or, Hey, you made two errors. What did you learn? And again, it's, you go through these different gates. It's, you know, I'm going to build the scar tissue that's going to make, uh, make me better when I, when I have to do this again. So confidence, self-belief are definitely big hurdles, those big adversity pieces. But again, 
you see the value in them looking back and, and try and draw on some of your previous experience when you go through, uh, which is uncomfortable to some folks, but, but definitely, definitely something that's, that's worthwhile. Yeah. I, the metaphor, the comparison, I think the scar tissue to, to building up muscles Exactly. I think that's spot on. And I think it's both the the mental and the physical. I think it's very, you know, just like you said, just the way you go into the gym and you have to tear down muscle and that builds new muscle on top of it. It's the same way you have to tear away at things mentally and that just makes you stronger and that's failure. Uh, you know, failure in the gym is not being able to get that extra rep and that's what you're working towards and failure in, in life and athletic or professional pursuits certainly builds that more and more. And, and also, I think also just speaks, you know, quickly just to you and my experience being around you also the, just the work ethic aspect, you have an incredible work ethic uh, demonstrated in athletics and obviously in your career. Um, now switching in gears, I know we talked about where you're currently, where you've been in the past. Now let's, I, I think, dive a little bit into maybe potentially what you're looking forward to in the future. Um, I think a theme of the night has certainly been big change, uh, getting comfortable with things that are new. Is that something you want to continue to do, you know, in your life? Um, and, you know, again, it's the future, not tomorrow, not next week, but five, 10 years down the road, constantly challenging yourself and putting yourself in these uncomfortable spots so that you're constantly building that, that confidence, that, that mental fortitude, uh, that you've been able to, you know, build up over these last, you know, call it 10, 15 years now. Yeah. It's again, it's a, a great question and something that I've thought about a lot over the last few years think when you're early in your career and drawing upon that work ethic, drawing upon, you know, wanting to build that confidence, drawing upon I'm in this brand new environment. Again, when you're early in your career, it's really easy to put your head down, work, learn as much as possible, right? You are in that position. You're drinking from the fire hose. You are eyes wide open. Everything's brand new. And so you, you can be a sponge. You can learn a lot. But as you cross these different thresholds, let's say, all right, three years in, you start thinking about, okay, I've built a foundation. Now, how do I apply this foundation? Okay, five years in, right? How do I feel as uh, maybe a people leader, right? How am I helping other folks on my team versus being a standout individual contributor? Then you look at it where I am basically seven years into my career and you you talked about it in the question of what I'm looking for, at least when I'm honest with myself these days, is, is that next challenge. I'm not necessarily chasing a, call it chasing a title or a position within the company. I'm really drawn by the work. And where I've, where I've had the most engagement and growth, when I look back on it, are those experiences when there was just throw, throw me over the fence and I'll figure it out. Right. And so I think I will continue to chase those types of opportunities. So when you ask, where do, where do you want to go? It's, it's more, Hey, I'm going to be drawn to, 
to wherever I feel like I can get the most, most growth at that time and learn something new. Cause as you go, it gets harder and harder to keep learning new things just because you've been around it. I mean, heck looking back on it, I've, I've been in, been at PepsiCo close to, uh, close to two times the amount of time that I spent in undergrad, right? It was a, a bit of a change. So I just, I want to, I want to try and keep that engagement and that newness and those challenges as much as possible. So I think it's something interesting you mentioned is like, you know, like where you are now and like continuing to go for growth. So I think there's like an identity aspect to that. So like, who was David Toops in college? Who was David Toops coming out of college? And who is David Toops now? That That is a good question. Dave, the David Toops in college was, I would say, very much of an athlete first, right? I'm very committed to athletics, very committed to uh, that at the time was the opportunity that got me the opportunity. And so I didn't want to sure. disappoint myself and others uh, who I had made that commitment to while this whole new world was starting to open up to me. So it was athlete first, but, you know, listening and seeing as much as I could and starting to branch out, right? It was being exposed to people from all over the world, taking different classes and, and, and really growing that way. The David Toops coming out of college was, oh gosh, what do I do now? <laughs> Right. It was, it was a little bit of a deer in the headlights, right? Because you, you, you talked about identity, right? Which is, which is the foundation of this question. It is, Hey, I just spent the last 17 years of my life. Central identity to me was baseball, mm-hmm. right? It was something that I was good at. It was something that uh, gave me new relationships, new family, just it's so many great memories. Making that transition was tough coming out, right? Which is, you know, had a little bit of of an identity crisis saying, oh, maybe this profession is not for me. Did I make an impulsive decision to leave? Okay, three, four months. Now I'm going to join PepsiCo. Let's figure this out. And even switching functions within PepsiCo, it's, oh, maybe is this what I want to be? Or do I want to do something else? Um, So definitely trying to figure it out. But I'd say the David Toops of coming out of college was putting the head down, trying to continue that growth momentum. Now, where I'm currently at, there's a lot of reflection and trying to use that reflection to inform where I want to go. And I kind of think it think of it as this natural maturation process, right? It is you're still a kid in college. You're still a kid coming out of college. You just think you're a little bit more grown up. And now you got to be a little bit more conscious on the decisions that you're making and try and map out. I don't necessarily know what I want to do 10, 20 years from now or who I want to be. Yeah, sure. But it doesn't mean I don't have a an idea of where I might want to go. So being a little less impulsive, a little more planful, um, spending a lot more time in reflection and trying to pull out, you know, what do I enjoy? 
where do I want to go? How do I want to spend my time? And that that's been, that's been my journey over the last seven plus years. I think uh, something that you kind of brought up and talked about is, you know, your transition, especially in Pepsi in different roles. And I know we've talked about this and I think at times you've questioned, you know, or not questioning, but you're reflecting, as you said, I think that's the best way to put it on, Hey, I've been at Pepsi for seven years. I look at peers. Joe's been at now three different banks. Uh, Chris has been at a few different tech companies, you know, uh, LinkedIn, et cetera. Uh, Friends from New York have worked at a, at a few different places. Shout out to Leo, Madison Square Garden, to WWE. But we've, or at least myself, um, I never switched roles. I switched companies and been around, but I never switched roles. So I, it's interesting to me, I guess, real quick, because I know we're running out of time. How would you, you know, has that benefited you? And I, I'm sure it has, but I guess those listening and those in their career right now who are, or maybe in a spot like me who have been in a role, I'm not necessarily looking to change my role, but others might who have been in a, the same role, they may switch companies, but you have a, a more unique experience. than I think most folks do, you've really built up a very broad skill set and have managed to be successful in a variety of different roles versus again, like I think sometimes you're reflecting on, companies uh and it's a different um again different path different choices but curious to hear that uh your view on that yeah no so if pepsico hr is listening to this i'm i'm not actively looking to leave as <laughs> joe know. may might have suggested right saying that i'm the <laughs> i'm the geezer who is stuck at his same company for seven years no 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 but uh in seriousness i think i touched upon it earlier that's been one of the biggest benefits of PepsiCo is, is looking to move you into different roles every 18 to 24 months. And yeah, no, it's that's, great. Yeah. that's, that's kept it fresh for me. Yeah. And actually within PepsiCo, it, it's somewhat uncommon to make the change out of one function and into another, and then to do it again, you have to be very deliberate about it. And those opportunities aren't necessarily given to everybody. Typically you might be, Hey, I, I got into finance. Now I'm going to do a bunch of different rotations within versus jumping around to different functions. But that mobility um, has, uh, well, for lack of a better word, has kept me at PepsiCo, right? It's given me new challenges. I, I haven't had to look externally to say, hey, I'm kind of at a dead end here, or I want to see something new. I might have to go external. And it's, you know, my, the company that I'm at has given me those opportunities to stay internal. Now, some people who are listening to this might not necessarily have those opportunities and they are forced to look external, whether it be to get to the next level or to break out of a function, right? They're saying, David, you went from finance to sales, sales to strategy, but like, I just can't do that here. That team is a team of two and they've been there 20 years each. So like there's not mobility, but that's, that's been something that I've really valued and has been a huge benefit to me in this first decade of my career that's great um yeah i know uh we have a, a couple minutes here chris any last minute questions for Dave? i do or, uh, go for it. <laughs> i do all right you have a time machine you can go back in time you can i like this sit down one-on-one -on -one with david tubes either junior senior year of college around that time what do you tell him junior senior year of college 
you could pick a date, but yeah, let's say around there, unless you have a different one. Oh, I was going to say, I thought for a second, I heard junior, senior of high school. I was going to say, Hey, that Chris Pawinski guy that you went <laughs> on and have an official, you had an official visit with and you stayed in his, his suite or whatever. He he'll be a good guy. Don't worry. <laughs> no, glad you no, went that but, route with it. Yeah. <laughs> with no. Fire there. yeah, no, junior, senior year of college sitting down with college David Toops, I would say it, I, it, it is a little bit cliche, but right. Just like trust it. You, you can never, you can never connect the dots looking forward, only looking back. And you have all of these experiences that happen in your life, a lot of hardships or, or things that you think are hardships when you're going through them, mm. right? Like, oh, yes. yeah, I can't yeah. believe this is happening to me. Yeah. Oh, whoa, me. Yep. Uh, the, no, this is everything else ahead of this is going to be so much easier. And you look mm. back and you're like, that was the easiest thing ever, right? Like that was you, you were, you were so fine. So I, I would just reiterate that message. And again, it's a part of the maturation process that junior, senior year of college, me would have been like, no, you're full of it. Like, I'm just going to continue to do this. But again, that message just just been so true. So that's uh that's probably how I'd use my time machine. Nice. Love it. All right, Joe, wrap us up. No, yeah, no, thanks. David. I think that, that was great. Uh, and I love that question, Chris, maybe that's, uh, our future go-to, uh, for our closing remarks with our guests, but no, David, thanks for, uh, for letting us talk to you and interviewing you. I know we know you quite well, but happy to and glad that you're able to, to, you know, introduce yourself to this, to this new community. Hopefully we, we reached some folks tonight and you were able to impart some, some of your wisdom, which uh, you certainly did uh, for me tonight. Definitely learned some more stuff about my good friend. So thanks boys.